3: or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
4: All right, second hour of My Guys in the Desert from the South Point Sportsbook, V and the Sports Betting Network, Johnny Avello of DraftKings will join us in a few minutes. And JVT, it's a historic day in sports. Huh. Not only because the Red Rifle was named the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. He was? Yes. After Justin one?
5: Fields' Hall of Fame preseason yep. career. The huh? Red Rifle
4: is the, the week one starter for the Bears to continue that Francis storied quarterback tradition. <laughs> uh, but the three major conferences and uh, college athletics have formed an alliance. And uh, we will let George Klavkoff of the Pac-12, the commissioner, announce uh, what's happened here. The historic alliance announced today between the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten is grounded in a commitment to our student-athletes. Let's stop there for a minute because uh, it's not about money, John. It's not about football. Uh, It's not about competing with the SEC. It's grounded in a commitment to student-athletes.
5: Oh, so those TV contracts that are coming up, they're just going to renegotiate those to all go to charity, right? And
4: all the... I athletes. think all the money is going to the student Oh, office. nice. That's the way I see it. Okay. Uh, c- continue the quote. We believe that collaborating together, we are stronger in our commitment to addressing the broad issues and opportunities facing college athletics. That's the Pac-12 commissioner on the new alliance with the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC. Obviously, what they're trying to do is fight the power of the uh, Southeastern Conference and uh, find a way to, uh, I guess, uh Battle what's going on in the ACC with uh, that conference trying to uh, take over the number one spot. I I, I don't like what's happening in, in college athletics here because the Big 12 is going to probably disintegrate. Yes, gone. And if, if the Big 12 doesn't disintegrate, it's going to, uh, the Big 12 will have to raid the Mountain West mm-hmm. or other small conferences. The American. Yeah, so you're going to have smaller conferences disintegrate to rebuild the Big 12. Uh, there's no reason for Texas and Oklahoma to be in the SEC. I really think Oklahoma and Texas are just making excuses for why they can't win a college football national championship or why Texas has uh, been underachieving the past 10 years. Well, the Big 12 is not getting it done for us. You're not getting it done. Texas has all the resources in the world. You don't necessarily need to go to the SEC, and uh, I don't think that's going to help Texas all that much. I think it hurts college athletics as a whole. To have a bunch of super conferences, a bunch of twenty-team conferences, and maybe this alliance with the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten, which is going to be mostly about scheduling uh, and scheduling each other outside of conference, will help, and uh, you know, not cause a uh, an earthquake among uh, the college uh, athletics foundation. I'm not sure, but I'm not really sure what happened today at all with this alliance. All right. And I know that uh, we were laughing. We were laughing, you and I were about. There's no signed contract here. It's a gentleman's agreement. That's what uh, the PAC 12 commissioner said. So, what exactly do you have? When you announce this, and you don't have a signed contract.
5: Yeah, the quote, there is no signed contract. There was an agreement among three gentlemen and a commitment from 41 presidents and chancellors. No signed document. And there doesn't need to be. Well, there probably does need to be, because if anything better comes along for either one of these other two conferences, yeah. uh, they can punt and get out of there with uh, no record uh, report whatsoever. So I would say, look, nothing happened today in any way whatsoever. Uh, look, in this is the other part, too. Remember, a lot of these schools have these contracts already signed in their non-conference conference games years out, right? So sure. what's gonna, like, what are we talking about in terms of adding one or two non-conference games in the next <laughs> like one or two years, whatever it's going to be. So we're not going to see the ramifications of whatever this is for a really long time. I thought the most interesting thing that came out of today was that reportedly the Pac-12 is not shutting the door on expanding. Like That's the big part about right, of course. it, right? because you shouldn't. No. And there's top-tier teams in the Mountain West and others right around them that they could snatch up and add to that conference that would make them better too. Uh, but I, I think that's the more – out of everything that happened, Nothing. this means nothing today, absolutely nothing. But it does mean that I think we know what the Pac-12, who seems to be the driving force behind this, they want to expand. And I think they see the writing on the wall. They don't want to become the next Big 12. They don't want to be left on the outside looking in. And so this is what they're
4: doing. I guess the Pac-12 doesn't want the Big 12 to come raid right. uh, some of their schools. They don't want the Big 10 to come steal a school. Uh, the the ACC is afraid the Big 10 is going to pick away a school or two. And just maybe that's a gentleman's agreement. Hey, we're not going to take any of your teams, uh, but we will. <laughs> if we do expand, we could raid other leagues like the Mountain West or the Big 12. Who knows?
5: I would like to be Uh, a part of that conversation. You want to put this on paper? No, 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 no. I
4: don't don't think this alliance means a whole lot when you don't have a signed contract (laughs) and it's a gentleman's agreement. It's just a lot of fluff. Anyway, quick break. Back in a minute. And the Sports Betting Network, Matt Eumann's JBT here on My Guys in the Desert. And Johnny Avello, DraftKings Sportsbook Director, is going to join us now. All right, Johnny, it's great to see you last week in Scottsdale. We took the My Guys show on the road to TPC Scottsdale, and uh, you got out to play the course, and we did too. How about Tony Finau? Uh Is that a great story or why? Tony Finau stopping a five year a uh, winless streak in golf yesterday in a playoff win in the FedEx Cup uh, playoffs in New York at 60, 65 to 1 odds right in that range. Uh, what would you have Finau at at DraftKings, and how much play did you see on him in that tournament?
2: Had him at 60. Um, minimal play on him. Rom took mm-hmm. most of the money. You know, I, the, the weather delay probably hurt Rom. Uh, he just didn't seem to... You know, have it going the last day. And female, you know, Matt, it's that's hard to believe that he went five years without a win. I mean, his game is solid. He usually doesn't play well on the last day, but you know, he's he's got a good enough game to always be hanging around.
4: Yeah, he does. He's that's why you call him Top Ten Tony, right. JBT. Well, but he comes through at uh, sixty to one. He did try, John. He did try to give it away a little bit later with some of the
5: air and drive. So he was doing his best. Uh, With with Rom kind of flailing in the last hole there and punting on it, how good was that for you guys in terms of uh, the support for him at the window?
2: Yeah, really good. I mean, you know, uh, Rom was short odds and he took the bulk of the money, the highest percentage of money, but uh, you know we weren't going to get really hurt on him because he was only uh, you know eight or 10 to one or something. so it wasn't it wasn't going to be a disaster. but you know Ram, Ram usually does finish well. He's not a guy that chokes at the end, so that was kind of surprising.
4: Uh, This is surprising. I think it's been 14 straight tournaments that the 54-hole leader or co-leader has not won on the PGA Tour. The last one to do it, Phil Mickelson at the PGA. So if you bet on the 54-hole leader, you're in big trouble on uh, Sunday or as it was yesterday on Monday when that tournament finished uh, yesterday in New York. All right, Johnny Avello with us. Uh, How about the Jaguars and the Saints last night? It was a, a football game on Monday night, not exactly Monday night football. But uh, how was the handle, and how were the results for you with the Jags getting in the back door and losing 23-21 and the game going over the total?
2: Uh, The result was good. The handle was very good. One of the top offerings of the day. Um, You know, obviously, uh, you know, Winston's looking for a spot as a starting quarterback, and I think he solidified that last night. So I know Coach was noncommittal, but I believe he probably will be uh, the the starting quarterback. Don't you believe so? Yes.
4: I think at DraftKings right now it's up to minus 350 that Winston's going to be the uh, week one quarterback before yesterday's game, minus 190. John. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Uh, so that was not all money coming in. Some of that was uh, – an air movement based on, you know, what we saw last night in right. the performance. Yep. Yeah.
5: John, what is it? So we had, we didn't get preseason last year. What has this been like in terms of thirst from betters? Has this mostly been sharp money in the pool for you? Or has there been like a, a real need and want from public betters getting involved with preseason betting through these first few weeks?
2: JV there has been some sharp money. Of course, there's going to be on these games, and uh, they've done well so far. Um, but, you know, it's just that, it, NFL is just always a pent up demand. People are looking forward to it. The preseason starts and they can't wait to start wagering on it. And this is a short preseason, so I don't know why every game won't get bet on. Usually the, the fourth week is the weakest. Um, but we're, you know, what we're doing is getting an extra week for the regular season. So, uh, so far, things are looking good.
4: Yeah, and you have some teams treating this week like dress rehearsal week, including the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who've looked really bad in the first two preseason games. All right, Johnny, let's talk about DraftKings football contests because there's a lot of money up for grabs in uh, football contests in Vegas and national markets uh, this year. I, I've, I've said many times, if you got the bankroll and you can do it, jump in these football contests uh, because they're, they're great opportunities. What Can you give us details on what DraftKings is offering? Offering out there in the market and uh, what the deadlines are to get registered.
2: I can. Uh, so the first one's called the Pick'em. That's the one with the pro, that's the pro contest where you pick uh, five teams each week. Uh, you're allowed to have a bye week, just like the teams get a bye week. Um, it's fifteen hundred dollar entry fee. That is in nine states. I'll name those states for the listeners out there. That's New Jersey, New Hampshire, West Virginia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Tennessee, Virginia, and Iowa. If you're in any of those states, uh, or going to be in any of those states, you can register. And as long as you're in one of those states, when you want to make your selections, they'll go right through. Um, We're going to pay a $100 free bet for every week that you get all five correct as of now there's uh over a thousand in that pool there's i think a thousand ten or that's what i looked this morning so there may be more than that now the second contest is the millionaire survivor that's in the same states that is three hundred thirty three dollars to enter million dollar guarantee to the winner by the way that's the same on the first one million dollar guarantee to the winner um one thing i would you know we all know how a survivor contest works you, you have, need to pick one team and you have to win and, to continue on, but one thing I'll mention about this, these the pick and pro contest is that you don't have to make all your selections at one time. If you want to bet a Thursday game, you can bet it and then pick up the other four, you know, just before kickoff on a Sunday. And because we do let you bet about an hour be right up until kick an hour before kickoff on Sunday. So that's a nice luxury. You don't have to get them all in if you like the Thursday night game. Uh, that one has about 1,100 entries right now. So uh, picking up steam right here would have, you know, a few weeks to go. And
5: these, are in, these include all your jurisdictions, right, in which you operate? Like we're talking about like what uh, now
2: six, seven states are allowed to play in this? Uh, there are nine total, nine, okay. JVT. Yeah, we're in more states than that. Um, You know, we're going to be in another one here soon, Arizona, but not all states are participating. we had got to do a lot of work to get you know, these these states commingled into a, a pool for, uh, you know, football contests. And now we're on our way. We have nine last year. We had four. Uh, you know, hope the goal is to have them all in eventually.
4: John, I, I wanted to see what your philosophy is on this because uh, I've talked about this for years in Vegas with different book directors. And I know you've been a guy who's been really interested in running contests and exploring different ideas over the years. Are college football contests just not popular enough uh, to run them on a big scale? Because I I really wish somebody would run a big time college contest like we see in these NFL contests.
2: I think they are. Um, I think the demands there, Matt. We just haven't done it. I mean, we we wanted to get these two uh, off the ground, and so maybe the next one we dive into is a college. Or maybe it's a combination of college and pro. But, no, I, I do think there's a demand to, for uh, for some sort of college football contest.
4: Yeah, I do, too. I'd love, I'd love to see somebody do a college football version of, like, the Super Contest or mm-hmm. what this DraftKings contest is. Right. Where you pick five, seven games a week. I think the popularity of college football is mm-hmm. enough to uh, – to get there, but when I bring it up to Derek Stevens' circuit, he just scoffs not big enough. College football can't be, it's not big enough. Uh, the NFL is on a much bigger scale. I understand that, but I think there's a market out there. And I was talking to a guy in the South Point book yesterday. He's like, why aren't there college contests? I said, I know I've been talking about that for 10 or 15 years. I wish uh, there were some. Johnny, let's talk college football week zero and uh, yeah. which games you think are going to draw the most action, where you might have big decisions. Uh, Which game is going to draw the most action? Is it the Nebraska-Illinois Big Ten game?
2: Uh, It's going to be between Nebraska-Illinois and uh, Hawaii-UCLA. The other two, I think, are going to do really well. I think those two could handle, outhandle any other Baseball games of the day, and when I say the other two, that's Connecticut, Fresno State, and Eastern Illinois, and uh, not Eastern Illinois. Uh, that's another game we're doing too. The UTEP, New Mexico State. There are two other games that we have on the slate: Alcorn State and and North uh, Carolina Central. And I mentioned Eastern Illinois and Indiana State. They'll do a little bit of business, but those two, the Big Ten game and Hawaii UCLA, should be the top two. Now, the reason that the UCLA game might outhandle nebraska illinois is because the nebraska games 10 o'clock start and the UCLA's uh a 12 start mm-hmm. that is west coast time so uh that that's the reason why that one may have a chance to outhandle the first
5: john barry uh current number for you guys with why ucla are you as uh, lopsided in terms of the support for the bruins there because that's been quite the move and uh quite the action behind ucla here in that spot
2: yeah we are a little bit JBT. uh we're up to 18 now after opening up 16 and you know. The, the quarterback uh, for for Hawaii is that Cordero kid, and he's going to be back, and he leads a team in rushing. So they look like they're... Uh, you know, defense has everybody back. Hawaii looks like a okay team, but UCLA looks like maybe they're turning a the corner. You know, Chip Kelly, that team uh, averaged about 35 points a game, um, and, you know, they've got a good quarterback in uh, Thompson Robinson, good running back, lots of good backups, good defense. So that's the reason that game got pushed. I think it's more of name recognition, mm-hmm. um, although I, I would agree UCLA is improved.
4: How about UTEP and New Mexico State, Johnny? It's really rare to see this, but UTEP is a road favorite. The Miners drawing money too. That's up from seven to ten. It's the fourth time in the past eleven years UTEP has been a road favorite. Are, are you seeing uh, a lot of play on UTEP, or is that game just moving on a little bit of action?
2: No, we're seeing some, Matty. You know, and when you, I think it's a play against New Mexico State. I mean, they lose their top three wide receivers. The offensive line is real weak. Uh, you know the UF, UTEP team re- returns the quarterback. They got a pretty good running game. Uh, the defense allowed 31 points a game last year, but they're better. So I think it's the handicapping shows that UTEP should probably be you know bet in this game. And I this guy wouldn't be surprised if this goes even a little bit higher.
5: What about Nebraska, John? Because like, right now we've seen some spots open as high as I think nine, what nine and a half, right? Humans mm-hmm. yep. made its way back down to as low as six and a half, but we've seen that creep back toward Nebraska. Where do you where are you at in terms of action? Where do you expect this to close by the time we get to Saturday? Can we get like a hook on this with Nebraska? if You want to bet Illinois?
2: Well, this game is down to six and a half now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the totals fifty five, and you know they, we, we know the Nebraska team's got Martinez, and they got an adequate team uh, all around. Got a few. Good receivers, but they turned the ball over a lot last year. On the Illinois side, maybe this play is all about the new coach. <laughs> maybe that's the difference here, because I think this team is just average.
4: All right, as a bookmaker, what's it like uh, in baseball season when you get into August and September? Because I've had a lot of uh, guys tell me over the years they hate August and September uh, when it comes to baseball betting, and you got really bad teams that are bet against consistently. And uh, one of those in action tonight, the Baltimore Orioles, who've lost 18 in a row, and they are home dogs to JVT's Angels. Dylan Bundy is a favorite against Baltimore tonight. Are you consistently seeing people just betting against Baltimore every day?
2: You know, man, it's not that I hate it, but I dislike it very much. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I've been through this so many times, and it's just happening again. It happens at least twice a year, maybe three times. You're going to bet on the good teams, uh, and you're going to bet against the bad teams. And and some of these teams really have a pretty good home record. But when they're on the road and they're running bad, you're just going to play against them. Maybe when they're at home, you you think about it a second time. But, yeah, right now we're kind of getting pounded on these teams. And, uh, you know, when football comes, people will start looking away from baseball onto football, and I'm looking forward to that because, uh, you know, I don't know if this is going to end any time soon with some of these really bad teams. Has there been a rekindled
5: interest in the Yankees in the futures market since they just uh, can't lose?
2: Uh, absolutely yeah. uh and you could have had them not too long ago jvt at 16 to 1 uh and i'm talking you know within like about 10 days ago or so so definitely a change on the yankees uh you know they haven't caught the rays yet but they're you know going well uh you know play a, play another hot team in the braves and and get there again last night so uh team's just going super good. A lot of people think, I know Matt, I heard, Matt, maybe you were the guy that says you thought maybe Rizzo was the difference,
4: why they uh, turned a the corner? I think Rizzo, Gallo, all those moves the Yankees made really, I think, energized the team, said, hey, we're going to go for it because the Yankees Haney. were sitting, yeah, <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> JBT says, Andrew Haney, who starts tonight. Uh, yeah, the Yankees had to get some big left-handed bats in that lineup. They had nothing. And, uh, yeah, it's made a big difference, John. I think it's really energized the team in the clubhouse as well. And when you start winning, you get on a roll. You know how it is in baseball. Uh, Where do you stand on tonight's game, Yankees-Braves with Haney against Charlie Morton?
2: Uh, It's been all Yankees. Um, You know, when I I look at the slate tonight, uh, the favorites are, you know, the favorites that look like they should win, and we talked about that just, you know, within the last five minutes, we're seeing 80% of the action on those teams, 80-plus on those teams tonight. So, uh, you know, we're always going to need a couple of dogs to get there for us to, you know, give us a chance for the night.
4: All right, two more games to hit on quickly here. How about Giants and Mets? And uh, your Mets now two games under 500 two and eight in their past ten. Giants two and a half up on the Dodgers in that pitching matchup uh, in New York tonight at City Field is uh, Long against McGill, and it looks like the Mets' slight favorites, minus 115.
2: Yeah, uh, we're taking a little bit of Mets action tonight with a short price. Uh, You know, we have our Mets fans certainly on the East Coast, and uh, the being at home tonight and the Mets needing to win, uh, they're grabbing a little bit of the action. So I think it's about a 65-35 split.
4: Hey, what's going on with this Dodgers-Padres game, too? Urias for the Dodgers and Pierce Johnson. I think it looks like a bullpen game yep. tonight for the Padres, but is there money showing on the Padres tonight?
2: Uh, not really. Okay. Um, no, there, there is not. So it's mostly Dodger money. I you know, I guess uh, what a Dodgers bets is out and uh, – yeah, no, but the Dodgers are getting bet, and there's no reason to bet the Padres because they're looking as bad as some of those other teams with the poor records.
4: Yeah, line looks a little bit cheap to me on the Dodgers tonight, but uh, we'll see how that one turns out. Johnny, uh, always appreciate your time, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye, guys. I encourage people to sign up for the DraftKings contest and all the football contests out there. Uh, v Sin, the sports Betting Network. We take a break. We come back. We'll have best bets next.
3: Restrictions apply.
4: Now is a good time to start planning your football contest strategy in the VSIM Pro Football Guide, the perfect way to start. Our VCEN experts have won major football contests around Las Vegas. Our guide will give insight on against the spread contests as well as survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the VCEN NFL guide today for only $19.99 or get VCEN all access and everything we offer for the entire football season. JVT, where can you find all that if you're online? slash subscribe. That's right. Don't forget it vcin.com slash subscribe. Uh, we're going to talk golf here. I'll give you my best bets in the golf tournament this week. And the long shot show is going to be taped right after we get off the air today with uh, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds. And I will sit in with those guys this week to preview tournament number two in the FedEx mm-hmm. Cup playoffs. And uh, we had drama yesterday with Tony Finau. You wondered down the stretch, we were on the air, how is Tony Finau going to find a way to lose this? And John Rahm found a way to lose the lead on the back nine on uh, Monday. And then uh, Cameron Smith found a way to lose the playoff. And Tony Finau pars the one playoff hole and wins for the first time in five years at 60-1 to odds uh, yesterday in the Northern Trust at Liberty National in New Jersey. And um, JVT, I had Finau in his only other win. The Puerto Rico Open in 2016 at really? 50, 50 to 1 odds. Yeah, so Fina has cashed twice down his career 50 to 1 and 60 to 1. Not going to bet him this week. I think it's too much to ask Tony Fiena no, to win back, back, to back, back to back weeks. Back. Yeah. I don't think so. And uh, he, he might not be as focused this week as he was off the biggest win of his career. Uh, but this week, John Rahm is going to be a popular play. I'm not going to play him. He opened with a 75 last week, closed with a 64. And uh, or excuse me, uh, John Rahm opened with a 75 and closed with a 64 to beat Dustin Johnson in a playoff in last year's BMW Championship. But that was on a different course. Uh, Rahm right now, if you look at the DraftKings odds, 550, eleven to two. You can't play that, right? Yeah. Well,
5: especially on a relatively new course.
4: No. We have no course history no. to go with here. None. Uh, the last year's tournament I talked about where Rahm uh, beat DJ in a playoff that was in uh, Illinois. This is going to be played on the East Coast in Baltimore, so no course history to go by here. Uh, Xander Shoffley, the second choice of 14-1. to Jordan Spieth at 16-1. to How about this from Jordan Spieth uh, last week? He had a 62 in one round. The other three rounds, 72, 72, and 79. He he finished 73rd of the 75 players who made the cut. He's just a a wildly erratic, Mm -hmm. volatile player. And I'm looking actually to bet DJ over Spieth in a matchup uh, this week. But uh, at the top of the board, at the odds board, I'm going to skip down to Justin Thomas at 20-1. to And uh, JT had three strong rounds last week to uh, finish five strokes off the lead, 63-69-67. But here's the key. His putter's coming around. He was 66 for 68 putting inside 10 feet. That was the best nah. in the tournament last week. Uh, I think that's a really positive sign. Uh, Brooks Kepka. he just has uh, not backed up his big talk and his swagger, but he was sixty-four and sixty-eight in the middle rounds uh, last week in uh, in the Northern Trust. He finished with a seventy-four. He blew up on uh, Monday when he was out of it. Uh, Daniel Berger. So I'm going to play JT at twenty to one, Brooks Kepka twenty-five to one, Daniel Berger at thirty-five to one. And uh, Sam Burns is going to be my long shot this week at 57 to 1. Sam Burns in uh, a really good current form, a little bit under the radar, strong in the middle of two rounds last week, 67 64, uh, tied for 21st. And uh, this is the type of guy I think could win this week. Uh, so that's, those are going to be my plays. But JBT, I, I really believe. It's kind of guesswork when when you don't have any course form to work with. Are there any correlated courses or anything that would play similarly? I'm sure Wes Reynolds has got a couple, and uh, he mm-hmm. will mention those on long shots today. But when I was doing my research on it this morning. Not really. I think you have, I think you have an advantage if you're a, a big hitter off the tee. And uh, one thing, I think DJ is uh, going to play well here because this, this course is going to kind of suit his eye. And I think. Yeah. Uh, I like to play good players off a bad performance. And DJ missed the cut last week. He's going to come in here rusted And he, he I like him in a matchup over Jordan Speeth because Speeth is just so wild with his driver. If he's not going to find fairways, he's not going to have a chance. The, the rough is going to be thick out here. And uh, I think total driving is going to be the key stat. Driving distance and driving accuracy. Everything
5: I've read on this tournament seems first, second shot approach uh, would be like golfers who are really strong off the tee in their second shots as well is where you want to go here.
4: So, uh, there's a lot to look at this week. It's not going to be my biggest plays, but I did go with Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Daniel Berger, and Sam Burns, and then DJ over Jordan Spieth in a matchup. And uh, we'll take a quick break. We come back. We'll give you our best bets for uh, football and baseball tonight. Stay tuned. My Guys in the Desert. From the oddstrader.com studio at South Point Casino, go to oddstrader.com, download the free oddstrader app right now, start winning with up to the second info you need. Oddstrader.com, Matt Humans, JVT here on My Guys in the Desert. Maybe the name of this show is going to change soon. Can we go back to the edge? I don't have any power over that. So You don't? No. Maybe it's something we should talk about. What okay. do you think? Um, yeah. Okay,
5: and I haven't had much going on
4: over the summer, so. Hey, let's take a look at the uh, baseball board first for tonight because I wondered if uh, you were going to back your favorite team and Dylan Bundy, who is two and nine this season. Are you tempted to back Dylan Bundy against the Baltimore Orioles, who have lost eighteen in a row? and Bundy right now you could get a minus 122 at circa. Uh,
5: no, not really. No. look so okay. Bundy is uh, so if you look at Bundy's numbers uh, there is although it's been quite a while uh, over 89 in a third <clears throat> there are things to like about Dylan Bundy kind of like the 604 ERA is really bad but is expected fielding independence 460 like there's something there that he's not as bad as he has shown here's the problem when your problem has been home runs and you're giving up pretty much two every nine innings and you're not you're not keeping guys on base anything like that that it's going to be an issue, and I get it. This Baltimore team has been anemic, and they have been a bet against team every step of the way. Obviously, with this losing streak, but I'd rather pick any other pitcher with just like a semblance of positive signs from him uh, as opposed to right. Bundy.
4: So I'm uh, with you. No. That's one guy you do not want to back, even against the Baltimore Orioles. Yep. And you could say, well, you got to blindly bet against the Orioles, but if yes. you have not been doing it during this 18-game losing streak, right? You don't want to jump. Uh, you don't want to show up too late to the party. Uh, the one baseball game I'll probably bet tonight. I just think this line on the Dodgers is cheap. I really don't get it. Uh, Julio Urias against uh, Pierce Johnson, who's a reliever. It's going to be a bullpen game for the Padres, who've lost eight of the past ten. Padres have slipped 13 and a half games back in the division. They just fired their pitching coach. Mm-hmm. He's not the problem. Uh, I, I think the uh, the Padres are all out of sorts, and I like to bet against teams in a tailspin. And the Dodgers, two and a half back of the uh, Giants right now. Pitching edge here. Uh I'm gonna play. I think I'm gonna play the Dodgers at minus 130. I think 135 is the best price in the market. 138 right now. to South Point in the Circa.
5: Yeah, and the market's starting to creep up in that direction too. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this close at like you know in the range of that dollar 45 price tag or so. Uh, but Arrieta has been really solid, like across the board yeah. for the Dodgers. He has been great. He's only given up two earned runs in the month of August. You can go all the way back. Friday, July 16th was the last time he gave up more than two earned runs in an outing. And while he doesn't really go into Insanely deep for you over that stretch. He's only gone past six innings once. You know what you're going to get from him for the most part. Um, and look, this Padres staff, like he talks about, like clearly it's a bullpen game. Uh, it's a team that from a pitching perspective has been a little taxed with the pen as well because we know that a lot of their pitchers don't go very deep in games. Uh, this is just not a team that I think of the Padres that is worth backing at this mm-hmm. point right now. And I think you can really make an argument even though they were an underdog at the Open that they're still a little overvalued by the market to a certain extent. And I think that's why you see the betting market moving toward the $1. forty-five price tag for LA. You know, you see a lot of these price tag humans in a lot of these games for San Diego where they're priced a little bit higher than they should be because there's still that perception, hey, this is is Slam Diego. It's the Padres. (laughs) When in reality, it's a middling team only 10 games above 500, struggling to hold on to a second wild card spot.
4: Well said. Thanks, man. I speak for a living. That's a sobering thought to a lot of people in San Diego right now. They thought they had a World Series team. And uh, all of a sudden, you look at the standings, uh, 13 and a half back of the Giants yeah, and might not make the playoffs. Uh, Padres are going to get things going. Hopefully it doesn't happen tonight, though, because I think I'm going to play the Dodgers in that game. You know, I've noticed the Mets look like they're taking some money in the market today. And uh, that does make sense, right? They have the pitching edge in this game, and Mm -hmm. a few spots have gone up to Mets minus 120 against the Giants.
5: And that makes a lot more sense. We were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. McGill has been a guy in July with an ERA that was floating around like one flat. He was really good for this team. Uh, His numbers are pretty tight across the board, so there doesn't seem any signs of regression. And as we spoke about, you know, as we got close to, if you were going to give me a plus sign next to that Mets team, then I was going to be in because I think McGill would be the better option. Uh, But we have started to see that market regression going back to Mm -hmm. the New York Mets. And that's. That is where it should be. They should be in the range of a $20, $20, 25 favorite. I get all the issues with their lineup. But in terms of the pitching matchup, I think there's a clear edge for New York. So I was surprised to see this get as close to a pick
4: as it did. Yeah, I was too. It was minus 106 when we talked about yeah. it uh, at the beginning of the show today. All right, let's get to college football and our best bets this week. I've got uh, three of them for games this week. I put up some college football win totals. Uh, Over the past uh, few weeks, I added Nebraska under 6.5 in the past couple days. Uh, I'm not going to get into that too much now. Probably talk about more tomorrow. That 6.5 number is not going to disappear. I've also played in that game, in the Big Ten uh, kickoff game, Illinois plus 7. And Nebraska, Illinois, under 55. I'll talk about that in a minute. But you and I have a common play here. And when this number got to Hawaii, 18, that was a buy sign for me. So I went ahead and pulled the trigger on Hawaii plus 18 against UCLA. Again, this is a Hawaii team with 11 starters back on defense, an experienced quarterback who's a dual threat guy, and Siobhan Cordero, he's got weapons on that offense. Todd Graham's a good offensive coach. Uh, If you look at Hawaii last season, Opened open on the road at Fresno with a pretty impressive win, 34-19. to Lost by eight to Boise. Beat a really good Nevada team. Undefeated at the time. Yeah, and, and UCLA's on a, a bit of a look-ahead spot. I never really think you look ahead too much past your opener because you're always jacked up about the season opener. But in the second half, it might become a little bit of a look-ahead spot where you're thinking, ah, we, got UC- we have LSU on deck. I think Hawaii's going to put a scare into the Bruins here. Uh, Maybe not be able to hang for four quarters and pull off the upset. But give me the eighteen points, JBT, and a a line that opened as low as nine.
5: Yep, I'm in complete agreement here. I think the market's maybe a little too low uh, on Hawaii. I know that there was uh, one national podcast I was listening to talking about the situation at Hawaii, uh, making it seem very negative and dire for a team that has eleven guys back and a quarterback that's been there, Uh, right? That's been there
4: for got the coach, quarterback (laughs) back, and just won a bowl game. uh, Really talented, (laughs) skilled. I
5: don't think this defense is going to be one of the better ones in the Mountain West, but this is a talented offense. This is a big number, and look, you know you. You mentioned the look-ahead spots potentially. This is a team in UCLA that, yes, is getting the season started as is Hawaii. This game means much more for Hawaii than it does for UCLA. And Chip Kelly uh, does have a little bit of a track record of kind of, yeah, let's get ready for the the bigger non-conference opponents. Uh, Let's just get through this. Maybe a second half where you see a lot of running game from UCLA just trying to get out and get ready for a home game against LSU, which is going to be really big. So it's a lot of points, especially given the opener
4: where we're at. Give me Hawaii. I take a look at my best bets here one more time. Illinois plus seven, Nebraska, Illinois under 55, Nebraska under six and a half wins for the season, and uh, Hawaii plus 18. Nebraska under six and a half wins for the season. In uh, three years under Scott Frost, four and eight, five and seven, and three and five. Who do you think's got the toughest schedule in college football this year when you look at strength of schedule, JVT? You want to take a guess? Nebraska. Nebraska's number two. Uh, this from Bill Connolly of ESPN. The 10 hardest schedules per the uh, SOS ratings uh, from ESPN. Number one, Arkansas. Number two, Nebraska. And then it's Auburn, Georgia Tech, Purdue, Michigan, Indiana, LSU, Colorado, and Penn State. Nebraska with the second most difficult schedule. And uh, that schedule includes games against Oklahoma, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Mm. I don't see the Cornhuskers getting to seven wins. I think under six and a half is a really good play. Quick break. We come back. We'll talk about the top games tonight.
1: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeart Radio's iHeart Country Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
3: Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you fifteen percent on that. We have OE quality Duralast brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralast pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination.
4: exclusive bets daily specials odds boost, and the largest offer of live in play options Bet River Sportsbook is an industry leader when it comes to online sports betting to make your experience more rewarding bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts and only one-time playthrough Bet River your hometown sportsbook. Offered valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan and Pennsylvania. Available as well at playsugarhouse dot in New Jersey and you must be twenty-one. The Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Find it at Betrivers.com. JVT, which quarterback, which rookie quarterback is gonna get the most wins this season? We have five of them drafted in the first round. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Let's look at history first. Most quarterback wins in the rookie season. Your favorite player, Andrew Luck. That's right. Okay. With eleven in 2012, tops the chart. Sam Bradford of the Rams in 2010 was seven. Then you go to Baker Mayfield of the Browns, Jameis Winston of the Bucks was six each. Cam Newton was six. Jim Plunkett with the Patriots, you remember that season, right? I remember right? finally, yeah. 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 1971, Plunkett with uh, six. How about uh, this this rookie season for these five guys? Who do you think will win the most games? Well, I think the
5: most logical option would probably be either Mac Jones or Trevor Lawrence. Just because I think we know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the starter week one, right? Right. The rest of the guys, there's questions about outside of Zach Wilson. uh, There's questions about whether or not they're going to be the starting guy. So actually take that back. Wouldn't be Mac Jones. It would be Zach Wilson. Actually would be the top two options for you. Mm -hmm. I'll go with Wilson. I think Wilson's the guy from day one, just like we know Lawrence is. I think there is a wide variety like of where this team could potentially be. But for the NFL guy, you know, I, I wrote him up and I took the over for the New York Jets because I do believe that there's enough of the skill position players. Uh, they did have a big piece go down defensively in Carl Lawson, so that's a massive loss for them right. in terms of an injury. But still, they if Wilson is what he looks like he could be in the preseason, which has been highly graded by PFF standards, takes care of the ball, has a really live arm, accurate, strong – like, this is a Jets team that has a lot around him, like a, a
4: quietly a quality offensive line. I'll go Wilson. Yeah, if you look at the uh, the rookies, I don't think the Jags are going to win many games. And uh, Trevor Lawrence at some point might even get benched for Gardner Minshew. Who knows? Right. Uh, the, uh, the Jags, may look like a five-win team right now. I would not bet on Trevor Lawrence to have the most wins. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to hold on to that job as long as the 49ers are winning. I've watched Trey Lance. He's going to be so wildly inconsistent. I don't think uh, Kyle Shanahan's ready to make that move yet. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones, yeah, he's got a real chance to win a lot of games as a Patriots starting quarterback this year. But at what point will right. Cam get benched and Mac get the starting job? Who knows? Justin Fields, even if he gets promoted to starting quarterback of the Bears in Week Three, they're not going to win many games. It's bad news for the Bears again this year. Yep. Well, and you should Zach Wilson though. To just follow up on your point, and- what I've watched. All of these guys in the preseason, he has looked the best. He looks like he's uh, most prepared to step in and lead an offense to points in the NFL.
5: Uh, pointed out by Bill Monsar, our producer, actually, a name missing from that graphic, RG3 had nine wins as a rookie quarterback.
4: Well, that graphic came courtesy of uh, ESPN, I believe, right? Oh, wow. Look at that. It's
5: not our fault. Good, good. <laughs> Point that out. That's a pretty big miss. RG3 was like really freaking good huh?
4: in his rookie year. Like he was. That. He was, yeah. Okay. So he's number two on the list.
5: Uh, but, and I think, too, the interesting part about guys like Justin Fields and more so Mac Jones, because I, I think there's more of a realistic possibility that we get through a regular season in which. The Patriots are doing enough offensively with Cam Newton a quarterback that Mac Jones doesn't really see the field either until very late or maybe right. not even at all. I think it, I think Mac Jones
4: is going to see the field in the first month. Yeah.
5: Okay. Yeah. And, when, because, and I only bring that up as the example that I think is really strong is Patrick Mahomes. You know, do you really think that Patrick Mahomes wasn't ready his rookie year? Or was it that Alex Smith was in the middle of a career year and the Chiefs that year were a playoff team very clearly that it was just like, well, why would we insert Patrick Mahomes at this point when we're at least going to win a top two seed or so? I think that's always the issue with a lot of these guys. Who's in front of them? Like Trey Lance, I think there's a realistic chance we don't see Trey Lance at all this year. If Jimmy Garoppolo right. plays near the level that he did when they made it to the Super Bowl that year, why would you
4: bench him? I think Trey Lance is probably the better comparison to Patrick right. Holmes. Mac Jones played at the highest level at college football with right. uh, you know in a great system for a great story season uh, with with so many uh, talented players around him. I think Mac Jones, it's not going to be that big of a, a jump for him to go from. College starting quarterback to uh, playing for a potential playoff team. Trey Lance played one game of college football last right. year, right? Uh, Zach Wilson. The Jets don't have uh, many expectations. Jets aren't going to win a lot of games, but I think Zach Wilson is a gunslinger who gives them a fighting chance. And the Jaguars look bad, and the Bears look bad right now. I think your money's got to be on Zach Wilson or Mac Jones. Yep, uh, I would put it down to the which rookie quarterback is going to win the most games uh, this season. And uh, only two of the guys figured to start in week one, and that's Wilson and Lawrence. Yep. All right, uh, let's look at baseball tonight, and let's update what's happened in uh, Oakland. The A's really need to win, and a JBT does not look like they're going to get it.
5: Yeah, I think it's, what, a 5-1 lead right now for the Seattle Mariners on top of the Oakland Athletics. Not some great defensive plays from uh, Oakland in this game either. And actually, it is final, end of the ninth inning. Yeah, 5-1 yeah. final as Seattle gets a win. I'm down with it. I'm down with it.
4: It just went final. That's a fourth straight loss for the A's, and it's a really discouraging week for them. They blew three games when they had a lead in the eighth or ninth inning. Mm-hmm. Today just never could get the offense going as minus 153 favorites. A's close minus 153, and they get beat 5-1. to one. I'm sure there was a huge crowd today at the Oakland Coliseum. Last night's series opener drew 4,100.
5: In a really important series, by the I way. <laughs> it's it's a <unbelievable>. <laughs> division rival way. who's trailing them by only t- – well, now it's, I think, two games or a, a two-and-a-half games in the wild
4: card race. It's a massive series. All right, let's look at the uh, Giants and the Mets again because I, I see the screen lighting up, and there is money showing up on the Mets, and this game yeah. starts in about uh, 20 minutes – Tyler McGill, you mentioned that he's got the clear pitching edge here, and that's probably why you're seeing money on the Mets.
5: Yeah, uh, McGill has been every part of what you like about a pitcher at this point right now. Uh, and when you looked at it, too, like it, there was a point where, if you looked at July and you saw some of his numbers, where his ERA expected feeling independent, you expected a little bit of, of regression, given how well he had been pitching Like in July, and he had like 106, something like that. And he got beat up in his first two starts in August, but he's evened out a little bit. Now, this is his second consecutive start against the San Francisco Giants. Maybe that plays a little bit into it, Mm -hmm. but he's a really quality guy. He doesn't walk a lot of dudes. His home run per nine, very, very average in terms of just giving up just over one home run every nine innings, about 1.1. Strikeouts uh, just above nine and a half every nine innings, and he's really solid in terms of lack of hard contact given up, swings and misses just above average uh, in terms of Major League Baseball, in terms of swinging strike rate. So I think you like a lot uh, about what you look at McGill overall, and I think it was really surprising to see the market get as close to his pick as it did, and I'm not surprised to see, as we're going to get this started, what, fifty minutes that there is some late action on the Mets.
4: Money on the Mets is showing in the market, no doubt about it. All right, uh, Corbin Burns over his last nine starts been hot, five and zero with a 154 ERA. One start against the Reds this season, eight and a third innings, and did not allow a run. And if you got, if you want to back Burns, you got to pay the price tonight at DraftKings minus 210. The best number if you like the Brewers is at circa minus 194. Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Yeah, and I'm glad we brought
5: this one back up only because you know I brought up Molly and like as the price continues to kind of get a little bit higher on Milwaukee, if you're going to take your shot with a Reds team who desperately needs this game, not only from a divisional standpoint, uh, but from to stave off the San Diego Padres in terms of the second wild card in the National League. Uh, but Molly, when you look at it uh, from a statistical standpoint, it might be the guy that you want to take your shot with, given how well he has pitched throughout the entire season, how tight his numbers are is coming off, though, a beat down at the hands of the Cubs. They lost mm-hmm. that game 7-1. to uh, That was at home. He went five, gave up five earned runs, got taken deep twice, only struck out five. So he is coming off of a really poor performance. Uh, we'll see how he bounces back on the road here against Milwaukee. But, you know, I think the Brewers, their strength is clearly in their pitching staff. Uh, their lineup at times uh, can be a little bland yeah. uh, when it comes to some pop. And you can go through some dry spells if you're with Milwaukee, which is thus, if you're going to take your shot, if this gets to, like, plus
4: 185 in that range for Molly, it might be worth looking at. For for Cincinnati. Corbin Burns is a tough guy to bet against right now. Right, Uh, Dodgers and Padres. Padres are a tough team to bet on. It's going to be a bullpen game tonight. Pierce Johnson is going to start for the Padres to open. Julio Urias for the Dodgers. and I still think this number looks cheap here. Dodgers minus 138 at Circa. Yeah,
5: And Urias has been quality. He's been consistent. If you look at what he has done for this team now, he's coming off of the injured list, but it wasn't a long stint by any stretch, and it was a calf contusion, so it wasn't anything to do with his upper body or his arms throwing motion, so uh, that would Help for the most part, uh, and I agree with you. Like I think this Padres team, from a market perspective, has been a little overvalued at certain times, and I get there at home here. But Arias has been rock solid. Uh, this is a bullpen that has been taxed as of late, just because of the injuries to the pitching staff for the San Diego Padres and the Dodgers lineup that has been playing much better as of late. Like I would really, there's not a strong case right. to be made for San
4: Diego. And if we get to like a dollar fifty price
5: tag, I think that would be fair on the Los Angeles Dodgers.
4: It's uh, it's kind of depressing what's happened to the Padres. And you look at it, this is a team a lot of people thought was going to win the division or 13 games back of the Giants. Well, and I think yeah. this goes back
5: to and the Dodgers, it's – I know a lot of people know this, but it was it was insanely brilliant what they did in terms of swooping up Scherzer and getting Turner, oh, yeah. you know, right at the deadline, right now, before that the Padres That prevented did. the
4: Padres yeah. from getting it. Exactly,
5: because yeah. then the Padres did next to nothing in terms of addressing their pitching staff. Right. It's their biggest weakness right now. Well they fired the pitching coach. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, but, like, they, they, their pitching staff is their biggest weakness, and they did zero
4: to address it at the trade deadline, and that's a really big problem. Urias, 13-3, uh, and three. he's got a whip of 1.07. He's been really good this season for the Dodgers. Hopefully he can continue that tonight. How about Dylan Cease? and Jose Barrios, White Sox Blue Jays and Blue Jays minus 125, we'll call it, total of nine. I did not play this one. Yeah, I didn't have a
5: really strong read on this. Uh, you know, Cease, if you looked at, like, sometimes his uh, road ERA, I think, is uh, a little inflated. Hasn't been that great. The month of August, he's been consistent, but it's been consistently averaged. Three earned runs in each of his last three starts. Uh, he's just been kind of that guy. I think he's, you know, third string kind of dude in terms of your rotation. There are nights where he's going to go six strong, give up one hit like he did against Kansas City, but that's the Royals, and this Toronto Blue Jays lineup uh, is a little bit deeper than what the Kansas City Royals can offer.
4: Well, the, uh, the Blue Blue Jays beat Lance Lynn last night, even though yep. Lynn pitched well. It was a 2-1 to game in Toronto, and uh, that was a that was a big win for the Blue Jays against uh, Lance Lynn. All right, uh, we'll talk. we got time to uh, – we're out of time, J.B. Oh, That's man. it. I thought we had time to do one more game. That's it. Uh, we did Braves talk fights. about Yankees and, uh, Yankees and Braves. Charlie Morton right now minus 135. And uh, the other game I did want to mention was uh, the Phillies game, right? Yeah, Rays-Phillies.
5: It's a big series. Uh, what do I do? I have division prices on both of those guys. I think I'd rather have Phillies win a game
4: or two. All right, we'll be back here tomorrow. My guys in the desert. Danny Burke up next on Rush Hour, v and the Sports Betting Network.